Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Cool. <clears throat> okay. You ready? Yep. Are we recording? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say it either. I'm too late to it. Oh, boy. Okay. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. Hi, I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. This is episode number 26, Buying a Used Plane. Uh, this is basically a continuation of the last episode. Um, we're doing something a little different this week because it's actually the same week we recorded episode 25, which was yesterday. Yeah. So our friend here, Kevin, will be going on vacation soon and won't be able to do a recording uh, the following week. Since he'll be away in the swamplands of Florida. The swamplands? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Alligator country? Did you see that Facebook post of the guy on the golf course and that giant alligator? No, I didn't. It was the size of an El Camino, for crying out loud. It's huge. <laughs> wow. They were like stopped, and here he is just walking along. And they're like, well, I guess we're not playing through that hole or that sand oh, wow. trap. <laughs> yeah, it was, I was like, holy crap. It was huge. Wow, that's crazy. So, uh, and it immediately makes me think, like, the wife doesn't want to move to Texas or any of the Great Plains states because she's so afraid of tornadoes and stuff like that. Right. Doesn't mm-hmm. want to move out west, California, because she's so afraid of earthquakes. But I want to see her out run an alligator if we move down to Florida. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. I don't think she's I thought mean, through that one. You've guys gone to Florida oh, maybe like once a year or once every other year, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you guys normally see alligators? I don't think I've ever seen an alligator down there, no. And and uh, my mother usually, you know, she's older, so she lives in a 55 and older community, and they always have some form of lake or man-made lake or something. Right. And she'll tell me that, yeah, we had an alligator in that, you know, pond for a little while, and the neighbor's dog went missing, and <laughs> you know, stuff, stuff like that. She's told me those stories really years ago, yeah. But I've never actually seen one. I remember, I remember walking like around the neighborhood one night uh, when I was down there and hearing something rustle in in like the bushes, and I was like, "What the hell?" I just like I took off running. <laughs> I didn't know if it was an alligator or not, you know? <laughs> right. Like coming out of the oh, bushes. Yeah. Hi, how are you? Uh, yeah, you know, you take it out and make some alligator skin boots, some boots, some belts, some, some yeah. belts and wallets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so this this episode's just going to be a little different. We probably won't have what what we're going to do and what we've been doing. Yeah, because if you want to know that, listen <laughs> to episode twenty five. <laughs> right. There's only been another day, and I haven't done anything but edit and go to work. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Did I do anything RC related? I uh, storage charged a couple of my batteries from from this weekend's flight, and a couple of batteries. I guess I didn't fly, which is quite odd. I didn't, or maybe I charged them and just didn't get a chance to fly them. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, what's cool about my charger, I noticed, is that when I do storage charge setting, if the battery is over 3.85, it actually goes into discharge mode yeah. by itself. I don't have to touch it, which you know, I didn't know. So I was like, whoa, what is it doing? It's discharging? So that's pretty cool. Well, that's the same, same charger, right? You haven't upgraded your charger yet. No, no, that's the same $40 turn energy charger I've had for over a year now. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I know my uh, my iCharger will do that. 
it, it automatically will just if it's in storage charge mode, it'll automatically discharge. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. I think they're clones, man. I think this is a clone off of the 206B, which is like the model below yours. That's something. They must crack like the integrated circuit or something or get a copy somehow. And Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like burn another EEPROM or something. I know that, uh, you know, I, I've done this on the side for a long time, and I know that there are certain ways of writing files to chips where they cannot be broken but i don't think that uh who knows what companies do whether they invest in that or not or if that was a newer technology because you're basically but i mean i'm sure it could if if hackers could reverse engineer machine code why wouldn't you know like software engineers and computer science folks you know yeah and and then the hardware wise i mean they can just buy one and basically open it up and be like okay well you have this you have this the resistor here you know you have your eprom here and all this stuff so i'm i don't think i mean that's the thing with electronics you know it's so easy to i think um clone yeah but probably writing other code isn't the hardest part yeah and i don't think that's the hardest part i think where it differs is, is the components, right? Like it's what kind of components, the quality components, the quality control of, of the manufacturing. I think that stuff um, is definitely at a lower quality. Oh, for sure. So, but I yeah. mean. You can, buy, you can buy a $20 stereo and a $200 stereo and the they, Sony might, dots? they might actually put out the same decibels of volume or mm-hmm. close. But yeah, like you're saying, it's the, it's the yeah. quality of the components inside for sure. Yeah. How long is that, you know, clone going to? last right even just your basic resistor has different tolerance values right and it's just based upon you know above and below of what its actual resistance value is i mean mm-hmm. that's just a that's just a brief yeah, of, of what i know and i'm sure like the you know the bigger companies like iCharger and um the rev electrics and stuff they they use quality components that are like overestimating uh you know, the standard or maximum use of that stuff to make sure that it doesn't burn out on you or it doesn't fail, you know? Yeah. So, anyways, we're talking about buying a used airplane on this episode. So, um, I guess let's just go right into the main topic here. Okay. Just kind of a continuation off the heli episode, you know, where do you buy your used airplanes? Facebook, Craigslist, uh, forums, eBay. One thing we didn't mention on the helicopter side is swap meets. Yeah. So you and I go to a swap meet every year. Um, it's the Adams RC one. Right. At least one. Yeah, at least. Year. Well, do we go to any other ones? No, I've been trying to make the Lebanon one for like three years in Lebanon, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I still mm-hmm. haven't made that one. And I know our club is supposed to. Well, they had one. I don't know if they're having another one this year or not. Yeah, they did have one, right? But I heard it was like a lot of stuff but not enough buyers. Yeah, that was right before we joined. Yeah, like everyone was selling, but no one was buying. Yeah, which would have been freaking awesome for guys like me and you. We were like oh, yeah. always looking for something. Yeah, no, for real. Yeah, that would have been great. But maybe this year, we'll see. We'll talk to uh, Mike. Maybe he'll, he'll hold it. Yeah, I don't know of any helicopter-exclusive swap meets, though. Mm, do you? I mean, I, no. I know that they just more or less say RC swap meets. Yeah. Yeah, it's mainly RC, and, and the helicopters I usually do see at swap meets. Actually, we go to the, the ramp show. They have a swap yeah. meet there. So I guess that could, yeah, we do go to more than one. But every time I see a helicopter, it's like 
a Hirobo shuttle. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> it's always flybard. Yeah, it's flybard. It's like the old Kyosho ones or whatever. You know, just like I mean, helicopters that were like you know, I was still in diapers when they made them. You know. <laughs> It's the, you know that stuff to me is fun to look at, and now that we've talked to Chris about you know the actual mechanical limitations mm-hmm. of converting that over and and you know making a flybar into a flybarless if there is a conversion kit and you know why you can't do that with more of the older ones, it right. makes sense you know mechanically why you can't. But I never knew that. Now next time we go to a swap meet and I see something like that, I'm definitely going to take notice and take a closer look at some of the older stuff. Yeah. But it's, it's weird because you don't see, like, aligns and not even goblins or any of the more, you know, I don't know, like, I would say a little bit higher-end manufacturers. But, like, you don't really see them, you know? Sometimes you might see, like, an old Blade 450 3D, like the right. predecessor to the uh, 450X. But, yeah, no, it's weird. You don't really see them. We saw um, a 600. Didn't we see an Align 600? At the the Adams swap meet the last time we were there, it was something large. Oh no no, they, they, some guy had a it was the eight hundred Trekker. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was huge. They, but it wasn't built right. It was like the kit, I believe. Yeah, I don't know. We kind of pointed it out, Jeff and I. Yeah, kind of pointed it out to you, and I know you kind of took a look at it, and that was it. Came back over. Yeah, um, you know, I got burned by a line with the little two fifty, so. I, yeah. I, after that, I never gave him a shot. And, and it's probably unfair for the brand because I know the 450s and up are, and especially the bigger ones, the 600s, 550, 600s, 700s, 800s, they're good birds. You know, they fly well. But there was a guy on YouTube I used to watch when I was still in the 450 mm-hmm. you know, error. <laughs> era. Era. Era, <laughs> yeah, error. E R R O R. That's what you get when you buy an alarm. Right. Well, there was a guy I would watch on on YouTube who was building 250s, and I think his name was something crazy. It wasn't like I'd be crazy, but it was something crazy. Mm -hmm. And he had him. He was flying him in his garage, like 250s, like a double car garage. And he's just like, all right, we put this together, and now now I'm going to go out and just demo it real quick. And he had it flying. That's what really inspired me to get like a 250 and then the the 250 clone and and try Mm -hmm. building it. But, man... Just like Chris says, just 20 minutes after you start putting it together, you want to throw it against the wall. It's yeah. Like the, the tools were terrible and the bolts were so small. It was ridiculous. Oh, man. Yeah. Those bolts were so. And, and it was weird. I don't know if you remember, but they were odd sizes. It was like 1.2 or 1.3 yeah. millimeter. They were really bizarre. Yeah. yeah. And then there were like, there were the Torx bits. They weren't hex. And I don't know. It was just. I mean. I enjoyed building the 250, even though the wiring was a pain. The, um, the small bolts, they would strip out or you'd break your tool, and it was annoying. But, I mean, I guess because that was more of my – that's my first real kit that I built. Yeah. But then after I built the 550 blade and then the Goblin, that's uh, – you know, I've, I've told yeah. you this when no, I first got it. Yeah, it was like over after the instruction manual. It's nice colored, like nice printout. It was just everything about it was just like wow, dude. I didn't even get instruction manual. With well, not not if the hobby king one, but I got instruction with the the T Rex two fifty Pro DFC, the one I had. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it came with instructions, but so um, so this episode's like watching the commentary of a movie, and they're talking about something completely different. Ex- we're exactly. still talking about <laughs> helicopters. Yeah. 
that, I'll take the fall for that. <laughs> but, but dude, yeah. I think planes. Looking at the list, mm-hmm. I've bought. I've definitely bought a plane at a swap meet. I, uh, I definitely bought a plane off of uh, Craigslist. It was uh, RC groups. Okay. I check Craigslist every now and then. I put in airplanes, RC airplanes, RC planes, and yeah, I usually see the same stuff over and over again. Okay. And RC groups too is kind of, it's kind of strange. Like the guy that I bought those four planes off of. Yeah. I mean, I'll just go go right into it. Yeah. The, the one guy that I bought those four planes early on off of, I know what his his forum name is, and I know where he is, and. I see like him and another guy that I see all the times like on RC groups when I put it in and I do a search by my mileage, mm-hmm. you know, the mileage away, distance away right? from me. Those guys pop up first. And, you know, the the one guy is still selling stuff. He told me he was getting out of everything. He was selling everything off. If I wanted everything, anything else, you know, to to let him know. But he's he's still like two, three years later just selling like a ton of stuff he had a ton of stuff but he's still like looking to buy i I watch him every now and then so i don't know whether it was just like screw me or what but they lived in this small tiny apartment and he had one room just filled with like old balsa kits and just crazy amounts of stuff airplanes hanging from the ceiling that was the guy i bought the the balsa storch the balsa s-bach the foam corsair and the foam um henslet uh not henslet (laughs) he Two, one, two, three. Oh, you got that off of him? The the biplane? Yeah. Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I got all four of those together. Wow. For how- 300 bucks, man. That's not bad. Yeah, that was a deal. That's storage. Um, I, yeah, I totally forgot you had that. That was such a cool looking bird. And it, it seemed like it flew pretty well. Yeah, and now that I have the 3D printers, I would break the tiny little leading edge flap pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I broke print out new ones. A couple of those, yeah. So I figured that would be something. As soon as I got a three D printer, I would start printing. But I've just been so busy with other projects. But yeah, I definitely got to get that thing back in the air because now I'm a better pilot to it. That thing wasn't too difficult to land. It really mm-hmm. liked uh, having the flaps, you know, down. Slow but it down, yeah. That was the one we put the GoPro in, and we I shot a whole video like FPV from the yeah from the storage yeah from the interior view, right? Yeah, that was a pretty cool video. But yeah, I gotta get that plane back together one of these days. Yeah, yeah, man. And swap meet, I bought the Cub. The well, yeah, dollar Cub. The thirty dollar auction. It was an auction, auction. that got it. Yeah. yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, and that that was pretty big, right? What was the wingspan? Like over fifty. Yeah, that's like sixty inch wingspan. That thing was huge. Yeah. And that that kind of that you know what that I looking back thinking about that flight and watching the video. Uh-huh. That definitely needed some flaps on it. You know, the the guy who built it didn't have flaps on it, and it's just such a quick plane. I mean, it's heavy. It's mainly set up for nitro, probably. Definitely nitro, you know, right? I, I threw an electric motor on it, and it flew pretty good. It was it was just quick. It needed some flaps, mm. which probably would have made it a lot better to come in. And that wasn't like, that wasn't monocode or ultracode, whatever you call it. That was like cloth, right? Yeah, it was some weird, yeah, almost like do- fabric type stuff. Yeah, like fabric and dope or something they put on it, or yeah, yeah, that's something different. Oh, is that is that fixable? I know you crashed it. Yeah, yeah, I think I just broke some balsa pieces inside. Yeah, where the wings uh, attached or something, okay. ripped something out. But yeah, I think it's still 
definitely flyable. Cool. But have you have you bought any planes off of like the forums, eBay, anything like that? <laughs> no. You got those three kits, though. Where'd you get those from? Three those, kits. Those three balsa kits. Oh, I mean, they were they were brand. They were like new kits, but they're like estate sales, I guess you could say. But um, I bought them individually off of eBay. So, but they weren't used. I mean, they were kits. So, I guess. Yeah. So you, yeah. Hey, you know what? I did buy a plane off of Craigslist. This is early on when I bought those four. I also bought that. Um, the Cap 232 that I still have in... The, the Brentling, right? The yellow one? Yeah, that's still in pieces. I, that was when you said estate sale. It reminded me, the guy on Craigslist, I remember him saying, you know, it was a club member. He was into it. This is way down South Jersey. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, you know, a club member passed away and we had a bunch of his stuff and we're trying to sell it off and blah, blah, blah. And that guy, I remember trying to haggle with him and getting two planes for like a couple hundred bucks and... He didn't want to budge at all, man. He wanted like one twenty five for this plane okay. with the with the, it had nothing in it but the servos, and they were you know they were high tech servos. They were good servos. Okay. Uh, but man, I was trying to I was trying to get something else out the door. Yeah, yeah. He brought me down to his basement. It was like the typical basement. There was just like tons of planes down, but they were all his. Uh huh. And he had this stuff from the estate that he was trying to sell, and I'm man, I was just like. I was haggling a little bit with him, and he, he seemed like a pretty nice guy and stuff. But uh, right, it's probably good that I didn't uh, buy anything else because that thing's just sitting in my garage. The other thing would have been sitting too, probably. You know, yeah. You know, that's the one I wanted to bring out and try to get our club president Mike to maybe hook me up with a with a nitro motor or whatever, get it all set up. Yeah, I mean, why not just pick up one? You know. Yeah. Well, I told him, I said, you know, if if he gets it all together and whatever, I'll just pay him for the motor, you know. And he was like, are you kidding? I got a bunch of stuff laying around. We'll we'll get it going. And I was like, all right, whatever you want to do. That'd be awesome. Yeah. It's similar to the um to the S-Bach. You know, yeah. It's just an older version. Yeah. So you've, you've done a lot of used buying. The only thing used I've ever <laughs> bought was uh, me and Jeff went to this, uh, uh, this like, fun fly little indoor thing in Pennsylvania. And they had an auction, and I had the um, the plane that I gave you. The uh, what is that? The, the little UMX cub. red, yeah, the red cub, the little one before the the blue sports cub, whatever yeah, the came super out. Super sport. Yeah, the SS, right? I had that plane, and there was an auction for like four crash ones. So like, I paid like sixty bucks or fifty bucks for four crash ones. So I, you know, I had like extra wings, extra fuselages, all the lights. Like I just had a whole bunch of extras. Um, oh, which, nice. which I think a lot of it went into that plane because I kept on crashing that plane, <laughs> you oh. know, so yeah, that's not all original on that plane. I, I replaced uh, quite a bit of stuff, but, um, yeah, yeah. So I guess I bought some new stuff. Cool. I feel like I, I feel like I, I bought more used stuff, but I don't, I guess when I actually run down a list, not, not much of my fleet is used. So, and I don't know, man. I I think it depends. Like, well, I went to check the SBOC out, and I was going to say, you know, uh-huh. like what what pitfalls would you run into, like buying a used plane? Uh, just knowing what what you're looking, like we've said before, yeah. you know, know what know what to look for, know what you're looking at, right? And uh, you know, if the guy doesn't know that much about it, I mean, I've gone to look at a few things, but when I bought the SBOC, I mean, the guy had it basically in the same box it came out of. You know, he had all the manuals for me. He had a DX9. He had everything, like, notated what he did. 
he gave me like three batteries which were all puffed uh-huh. like like way puffed and he was just like basically you know this plane's a little too much for me and and it was probably too much for me at the time because I don't think I could even land at that time very good. Well, but it that landed. Was a, that was a good plane, yeah, to help me out learning to, how to land. Yeah. Um, but the plane was built, right? It wasn't like a, an R. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was built. He just gave me the original box and, you know, everything. Okay. But yeah. I, went to look at, I went to look at stuff just recently, maybe a couple of months ago, that was off of Facebook where the guy was like, hey, you know um, – it's my grandfather's stuff. It's all balsa stuff, a lot of large scale stuff, mm-hmm. and we just want to get rid of it. You know, they tagged it free. So one of my buddies who knows I I like to do the RC stuff, he was like, "Hey, you know, he tagged me. He was like, check this out." And uh, so I remember getting in touch with the guy, and I went down there, and then he's like, "Well, you know, we we probably can get a couple hundred bucks for this." And I'm thinking to myself the whole time, like, "Wait a minute, buddy, you tagged it for free. Now I'm here, and you want money for it." And yeah, not even, not even like a hundred bucks. You want a couple hundred bucks for it, right? Right. So that's the thing about Facebook that I've noticed too. Like some, even heli folks, some some of them will tag the price free, and then they'll put the price of each item in the actual in the comments or in the description because I guess you can't put multiple prices, and you know maybe they don't want to just put a total price for all of it. But yeah, I think that's kind of you know deceiving that. You, or they're just scumbags. <laughs> or they're just scumbags, yeah. I've, I've seen brand new cars on Craigslist, you know, because I, I search for Jeep Wrangler stuff every now and then. Mm-hmm. And I'll put in Jeep Wrangler and I'll put, like, my cap is, like, two grand, you know, like, just mm-hmm. if I'm searching for, you know, a used Jeep or whatever. I don't want to pay more than that. I know it's, like, a freaking pipe dream, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I'll I'll just, like, put in stuff. And I'll, I'll see, like, you know, bumpers and different things and seat covers and stuff. But every now and then, it, like a brand new Jeep pops up and you click on it. And it's like, well, the price is, yeah, he's got it listed as zero. Right. Um, but exactly like you're saying in the description, oh, now it's like it's like $43,000 or whatever, you know, yeah. for the new Jeep. 2000 so, down, 50000 yeah. later. <laughs> that's kind of a, I don't know, I think that's a little bit of a douche and move. Yeah, I, I think, you know, if you're going to have like a bunch of items for sale, just add them all up and put it that as a price, and then when people and then when you know people look at the description, they can see it. But I guess you know, seeing like oh four thousand dollars for five helis, or seeing free, and then seeing a breakdown of the price, it might be easier. I don't know. Maybe maybe it catches more people's eyes. Um, you know, yeah, who knows? Buying a heli- the difference between I think buying a helicopter and a used plane, or used helicopter and a used plane is, um, I think there's more risk buying a used plane. Oh really? Yes. I was and, just thinking the opposite. Because, well, let's, only because only because I could visually look at a plane uh-huh. and say, okay, that's cracked or that's broken. And with a helicopter, you know, I guess you could do the same thing if you yeah, really but, scrutinized it. Right. You definitely could. I mean, obviously, it's might be harder to tell on a helicopter if something's slightly bent or if there's a you know stress crack. Yeah. But um, I think that. You know, you buy a plane, right? Say it's a four hundred dollar plane, you get for two hundred bucks. Awesome, you get fifty percent off. They say it's never been crashed, but then you get it and it has been crashed. You know, like a helicopter, you can replace the side frames, you can replace this part, that part, and make it brand new again. I mean, if that plane's not in production, you're not buying a new fuselage for it. You know. Well, that's yeah, that's true. In the case where I bought those four, because the Corsair that the guy sold me. The, the model was unique, was the company that made it. Mm-hmm. And 
I went online and yeah, you can't, you're not finding parts for that at yeah. all. So yeah. I knew that when I was, you know, when I bought it. And I feel like the, the folks that sell planes usually hold on to them longer. So when they do sell them, it's because it's quite old already. Yeah. And getting parts for old planes, you know, I mean, you know, foamies especially can definitely become difficult. I mean, balsa, obviously, you can scratch build a lot of the parts, but that's if you're a good builder and you have those techniques and skills and have maybe the original plans or, you know, so it's, uh, you know, it could kind of get uh, a little risky, I think, to buy yeah, these I mean, planes. Especially with the balsa, from my point of view, I mean, I've been doing this for what now, like a couple of years, mm-hmm. two, two years, three years. Not with the balsa planes, but still, uh, that's something I have yet to do. I've never built a balsa plane, and I've never covered a balsa plane. So, like, that's – I've repaired balsa planes, but I've never had to redo the covering. I know zero about what that takes. I mean, it's not that hard to get it look – but to get it to look real nice, I, I feel like there's there's some experience needed for that. Um, so, you, you, you know, all your balsa planes, when you crash them, you know – like glue them back together, peel the, you know, peel the, you know, the covering off, fix all the balsa parts, and then recover yeah. it. Yeah, I did that with the storch, and I did that with the that orange P fifty one, but I never recovered it. Like I never put covering back on it. The P fifty one basically had the nose break off, so yeah, I was able to put that kind of back on, and the cowl covered most of it. The storch, I basically just peeled it back a little bit, did what the repair I had to do, mm-hmm. and just used like packing tape and put it back over <laughs> it was like underneath or something you know okay yeah so there really wasn't that visible okay yeah it was under the wing or something like that yeah it wasn't that visible huh. obviously you can also buy from friends i don't know how, how many planes have i sold you now oh right dude yeah uh um, you sold me the uh the crack pits the crack pits the my the beaver boy yeah. yeah the sukhoi the beaver Oh, the beaver, too. Yeah. Yeah. Which I still have in the same condition you sold it to me. I'll probably break that out pretty soon, though. Yeah. My beaver's pretty beat up, man. Uh, well, you you know how to beat a beaver up real well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then what I I gave you my uh, my the AR RA, course. Yeah, which which is in, it's in the same condition as I got it. Plus, mine has been in the same condition since Flight Fest. <laughs> Yeah, man. Last year. I haven't seen you fly that at all. I think I flew it once at the new club field uh, when we first joined. I think it was like the first day I went. I brought it out, and then I took the motor off to like put it into something else. And I, I've never uh, put another motor back in. Oh, that's a shame, dude. Because you really like that plane. I yeah, thought. yeah. Because I could beat on it, and yeah, it would break, but it's just foam tack, and you're done. You know. Yeah. Uh, I really, really enjoyed that. I need to I need to take a look at that. You know, maybe I'll try to do that this week. You know, I'm surprised you didn't bring that when we went to Neff. Yeah, it's, uh, I didn't have a motor, and I just didn't have the time. Oh. You know, I was too busy rebuilding that mini guinea and and um, get my heli ready so I can smack into the wall <laughs> and the ceiling four times. Yeah, four times on the way uh, down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh man, I wish I videotaped that. That would have been awesome. But uh, yeah, it's I don't know. I, I gotta, I gotta get some, I gotta get some playing stuff going because, uh, you know, Chris posting that, you know, his recent buy, I'm like, oh man, I want to buy another plane, but I look no. at my wall and I have so many planes already. I'm like, 
yeah, I, I guess I should fix these uh, fix these babies up and and you know give it a go. So one thing I purchased at Neff was that oh. uh, that DC three or yeah the one sheet foam kit. Yeah, uh, I cracked it open. I looked at it, but I haven't done. I haven't had a chance to do anything with it. But that was kind of. I would. I don't know if I would call. I wouldn't really call that used. But uh, yeah. I don't know what you would call like the flight test planes, or they're not really used, but they're not really like you know big time production. I think it's a cross between DIY and scratch built. Yeah, like if you actually cut it out yourself, I consider that strictly scratch built. But because if it's laser cut and already you know like prefab, like it's almost like an ARF, you could think. Like kit form almost? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like a kit form was, you know, like balsa kits where they're all laser cut or whatever or machine cut. Yeah, it's kit form. So it's, it's, you know, but then if you take a piece of foam, tape on the, you know, the plans and you're cutting them out, that's scratch built. That's definitely scratch built. So. After this whole experience with the, with the one I've been building, the small one, the 47 inch mm-hmm. plane, it just makes me wonder, like, what it was like to get a set of plans spend like three months building a plane, getting the CG on what they said was on, and then taking it to the field and putting it up, man, and hoping it actually flies. I mean, that must have been something else because I was able to take off and land that thing. But, yeah, there were some scary moments where, you know, because the motor wasn't the right pitch. I guess that would have been covered in the in the plans. Yeah. You know, uh, on a on a more more of an RC one instead of a like one channel. Right, right. But uh, yeah, that dude, that just must have been like so much. And no wonder the the hobby wasn't really going that well, or wasn't particularly interesting to anybody but older guys. Because, geez, you spend all that time and then smash it the first time and be like, oh crap, yeah. ailerons were reversed, or oh crap, my <laughs> CG. CG was off, mm-hmm. you know, pretty bad. Yeah, dude, that's that was my childhood, man. Yeah, you know, I I mean, granted, I bought like real kits from Great Plains and from Tower Hobbies and stuff like, you know, so it was easy to build. I knew nothing about building, so I think I went crazy with the glue, crazy with the covering, like, you know, I just kind of made it look like what it looks like on the box. But, but yeah. when, you're, when you're a kid, I don't know if you, you – was it nerve-wracking to you to, to fly for the first time? Like it would be like nowadays, you know? Would... No, because, you know, as a kid, you don't – I don't know. You're just like, ah, I'll build it again. I don't care. Well, times have changed. Like, I've noticed, like, when I was a kid, like, I was kind of fearless to things. Like, I just, I I was, like, excited. I wanted to fly. It wasn't like, oh, no, what if it crashed? And that's what always ended up happening anyways. I was like, oh, that sucks. You know, you get get a little down, but because you do waste, like, I mean, I think one of the kits, the, the gentle lady was my first one, and that, like, I don't know what the build time normally would be, but I think I built that in about three weeks, two and a half weeks. Wow. So, like, that's, you know, laying out the wings, doing the wings and fuselage and everything. And I built it, you know. And then when I tossed it up in the air and it was CG was off and the tail came crashing down, I was just like, oh, what am I going to do? I guess throw it away. And then, mom, buy me another one. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I was pretty spoiled as a kid when it came to that. Um, so like I bought another one and then it would take me another couple of weeks to build. And then, you know, and that was kind of two summers, you know, of that. What was the first one? A general 80? No, gentle lady. The oh, sail gentle plane. lady. Oh, the same one Tony has. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. That was kind of like. That thing's one... huge for, for yeah. a kid. 
yeah. You had to make the wings in four parts and stuff and add them together. Yeah. Nice. Um, but that was like the thing, I don't know, when I was a kid, you know, reading like magazines and stuff when those were around. Um, it was always like, yeah, you know, this is a great beginner plane. So I tried it, sailplane, you know. Nice. Uh, but um, yeah, so I mean, buying used stuff airplane wise, it, it's like foamies. As long as it hasn't been crashed and the foam is indented and re-glued and stuff, for the most part, I'm like, okay. Balsa, just, I would have to really look it over. I would have to see it in person. I wouldn't be able to do it off of Facebook unless the owner guaranteed that it was never crashed, never hard landing. Yeah, I don't know. Looking back, dude, I didn't really look at these. I remember not looking at the SBOC that much. I looked at the Storch, mm-hmm. made sure that really wasn't. But still, that had some issues that I had to fix that I didn't know about. The S-Bock looked brand spanking new. Right, um, right. Until I got my hands on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I I kind of expected what I got out of the the Cub that I bought, 30 bucks. I was like, whatever. It is what it is, you know? Yeah, I think you you had the full touch of, like, all right, I'll put some electronics in there. I'll throw it up if I crash. Well, at least it would have been fun. You know, like, it it was fun to just do it. Yeah. Yeah. So... What's a good price for planes, right? Like you know, like like the what we spoke about yesterday about the weekender and the guy, you know, yeah. basically trying to sell a plane for retail that's used. That's oh, I've only flown it five times. It doesn't matter. It's flown. Who knows how you've actually flew it, right? Yeah, you know, hard landings or something. You know, what would you expect discounted price percentage? You know, for buying something used. I think I have to tend to agree with you from yesterday. You know, I think 30% off is is pretty good starting point. Yeah. You know, and uh, I've seen really good deals at the swap. I know I said this on other episodes that the last time we went to Adams, man, if it was the previous year Mm -hmm. or if I had the same mindset, you know, a year earlier, I would have bought stuff that I saw a year earlier. Like I remember seeing a balsa plane all set up and ready to go with the motor and and everything and servos all ready to go. And it was like one twenty five for like a decent sized right. you know, fifty inch balsa plane. Yeah. Something that you could you know, you wouldn't have to really worry about too much. You know, you could get into you get it going and, and have some fun with it. Mm-hmm. Like hundred and twenty five bucks, dude. I mean that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean And I don't know what percentage that would be. Like seventy five percent off? I don't I don't know. Yeah, probably like more like yeah, like sixty to 75 i would say depending on the components depending on the kit and the size obviously but yeah i mean i would expect 30 percent off even in good condition like almost perfect condition but then know? dude i saw I, I still have a picture somewhere of the first time i went to adam swap the guy had a a p40 mm-hmm. no p47 that okay. was uh had to be 60 inch wingspan maybe 72 inch wingspan done up with the motor and everything and that thing was sweet retracts and everything mm-hmm. really gorgeous looking plane and i think he wanted 400 bucks for that thing i mean wow. to me that was a good deal you yeah know? well i mean he's probably put more way more than that in it and especially the time if it was you know a kit that he built up from sticks so yeah and i mean you break it down like component the retracts and the motor are probably 400 dollars, right so, I mean, yeah, as far as price, you definitely got to get a discount. You can't expect to pay <laughs> anywhere near retail price, even if it's only been flown once, even if it was just maiden. 
And, yeah. you know, yeah. D- didn't we use the car analogy? You know, you drive it off the lot, it's already gone down in value. I think, yeah. I think we said that once. Yeah. That's, yeah. So, that's so true. It is, right? As soon as you buy a new car, you drive it off the lot, it's $8,000 cheaper. 100 miles on the car, you can't get the same price you bought it for. Because it's just, just, pe- just peace of mind. I mean, if, like, the guy with the weekender, yeah. I could have got it for, like we were saying, I could have got it probably, you know, shipping, no shipping on it, and yeah. uh, paid it, paid almost the same thing. It, yeah, I think it was like $5 or $10 difference. And I almost wanted to buy one just out of spite. <laughs> and just show them the receipt, <laughs> like, here, I just bought one for the same price. It's coming to me free, and it's brand new. No, Never I'll just hold, the re- hold on to the receipt because I know I'll probably see them next year. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that's a not a bad plane. Muse has that, right? Mm-hmm. He flies yeah. the hell out of that thing. Yeah, the only thing I think is that it, it is discontinued, right? So. Oh, is it really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yep. So, you know, if you do crash it and you need to get a new fuselage or wing, you probably won't be able to. But Oh, so that guy was selling it at the classic price then now. It was a classic. Yeah, the vintage price. The vintage <laughs> price. I don't know. What, what do you think is a... A good price, good percentage. I would say anywhere from thirty to fifty percent off. I would go yeah. as far as fifty percent off, depending on the condition, um, how old it is. You know, if you're if you're talking about an old plane, that's probably seen, you know, maybe a couple, of, maybe you know, whatever, thirty, forty flights on it, and sat in a room for a year or two years or longer. You know, I would, yeah, I couldn't see myself paying more than that, like more than fifty percent of what the original cost was, or. Maybe sixty, depending on you know the components. Obviously, you know I see a lot of times like you know you go on Craigslist and you see like three trainers, you know seventy two megahertz, oh, megahertz radio, you know and Futaba this and this and that, and I'm just like, uh, I think it looks so dirty and old, like, and they yeah. want like you know for three planes like six hundred dollars. It's like whoa. I wanted to comment on that, dude. I like if if you go to the guy's house and you know you want to pick it up and and he's still flying on a seventy two megahertz radio. Yeah, he <laughs> needs to practically give that to you. Yeah, like don't pay any more than ten twenty dollars for whatever he's got. I mean, right. like it's gonna be so old. I mean, dude. Now, now when I think about when when I used to race RC cars, she's that was in the eighties, man. That was the that's eighties technology. Yeah, I mean. We're talking about like close to thirty years old now. Yeah, my first radio was a Futaba six, and it was um, it was either seventy. Yeah, I think it was seventy two. It wasn't. I don't know. It was either seventy two or the twenty seven. Uh, whatever the AM radio. I think it was seventy two, because it was just like I mean, and the long antennas. I I kept on breaking those antennas all the time. Yeah, everybody did. You yeah. know, and it's just like yeah. I mean. I mean, I still have the Futaba radio for the car that I have, and it still works, mm-hmm. but it's just ancient. Dude, who wants to play with that big, giant antenna? And, ah, just, it's a mess. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'll stick with my, uh, you know, 2.4 gigahertz, you know. Yeah, plus the range is that much better. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. And, and oh, <laughs> just, just, to, just tangent, just to throw it back. Remember crystals? Yeah. Oh my god! Having to like, like I never flew at a club, so I just bought one set and that was it. But I mean, I know back like I, I've been to a club or two back then, and it was like 
they had a crystal board and you had to like they had the frequency board, board yeah right and you had to like have a whole set of crystals for your damn radio and receiver and always swap them. Oh. that's when i got out of it because i remember buying my futaba like car radio and the tamaya falcon that i still have and uh I remember racing a couple of years with that, like with the club, and we had a, we had a really cool club that's still in existence, actually, close wow. by me here. They yeah they they still race at a old abandoned like ski lodge. They turned into a an RC club, and they've been there for, geez, yeah, like thirty years, easy. Wow. Um. So you know that's awesome that and I've been up there with a, a plane or two, and you know they're like oh wow that's really cool you know. But whatever, man. Like that was when I got out. When they started the whole crystal thing, I was like, "All right, I'm done." Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I'm, I'm working nine to five, and I'm making like, tch, I'm making like six bucks an hour. I can't afford all this other stuff now. Yeah, man. I yeah. just couldn't afford it. No, for sure. Um, all right, so buying used planes, balsa kits. Beware. Be safe about it. Know what you're buying. Definitely. I think going around, you know, just off the heli one. Definitely know what you're buying. Try to do research. Google it. If you Google it and uh, like the only post that comes up is from 1985, yeah, you might want to pass on that unless they're giving it to you or like you're spending 20 bucks for it. If uh, it's a if it's a plane that's together, if it's a mm-hmm. kit like balsa kit, yeah, yeah that's that's cool because you can always get the balsa. The only thing you're going to really have to look out for are the specialty items like you know your cowl and your cockpit. Mm-hmm. I think even decals you can get just about anywhere or do whatever you want. But yeah. uh, if it's missing a piece of balsa, you can easily find that at your local hobby store. Yeah, and you can scratch build the part normally. Um, ooh, beware about kits, though. And this was a big problem with mine, and this the big reason why my Piper Cub J3 is not built. Make sure you have – most kits will de- will have manuals. Like some do, some don't. But all like balsa kits come with plans, and you must have the plans for the original kit. Yeah, otherwise you're buying just wood in a box. Yeah, so I thought the plans were in there. I, it didn't come with it. I I went to uh, Tower Hobbies and all Great Plains, and you know hit, hit up their customer support. And they're like, oh yeah, we could send you you know plans. It's like forty bucks shipped. I was oh, like, geez. I was like, okay, that's fine, whatever. I get it, but it's for the newer version. It's not the same version. The the you know deformers, the ribs. It, the newer version has ailerons. This one doesn't. Like you know, it's just a headache. And I'm just like, oh man. And that's that's really part of the reason why this out of the three kits I bought is the only one that's not built. Right? I built the P. Is it the P47 or P40? P47, the silver one, right? When P47, I used, yeah. Yeah, I have the um, Iron Decker, which I, I still need to main. But this one is half a wing is done, <laughs> the tail and the 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 horizontal stab and the you know vertical stab are done, because that was all the same. But because I stopped the wing, the wing was different. Nothing lined up. Nothing you know would work. So I'd have for me to actually build, I would just have to go without the plans and just kind of glue things together. It's a Piper Cub J three. Mm-hmm. What uh, do you know? What wingspan it is? Uh, fifty-nine inch. It's just under sixty. Yeah, fifty-nine inch. Okay, because there's a site called Outer Zone. I was trying to remember this uh-huh. a couple episodes ago. Yeah, it's called OuterZone.co.uk, and yes. they have like seven thousand some odd uh, plans from back in the day, and you can just search by like Cub J3. 
Yeah, I should give that a shot. I feel like that site is for really old. Plans. It does. No, it'll tell you. Yeah, uh, plans from 1980. Plans from 1938. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. 1930s. Scale rubber band. Yeah. Right. But it also, at a quick glance, though, you can you can run down it and you can see the actual wingspan and. Yeah. No, it's definitely worth a shot. Yeah. I. Th- you know, I just have to bring the hobbyists outside, like you know, that's inside of me, and just kind of like, all right, let me just build it. I mean, you could take, you could take the. Uh, you know, just search for the Cub J three, and I found two. One one was uh, one was like fifty three inches. You could just figure out how far you'd have to blow that up to to equal fifty nine. But the ribs and everything is different, you know. Oh, would it be? Because this is pre cut. Like it has to be by oh, this manufacturer. Okay. You know, at this version, this year that they produce this, you know, manufacture this kit. Yeah. So it's not like I mean. If that's the case, then I might as well just use what I have now because what I have now is just the same thing but the updated version, you know. So some of the parts are are the same. Some of the parts are completely different, though. Like the fuselage, there's, you know, the formers. Like I guess the um, there's like the walls in between. Right. You know, the walls that go up and down in the fuselage that makes the box. Right. A lot of those are different. Okay. They're different sizes. They're different, like cut the way they're cut and everything. They don't line up the same. So, you know, trying to figure this out, like what length do I make these twigs? You know, these little balsa pieces to cut them to make the the fuselage. I don't know. Well, do those yeah. parts have any like notches cut in them for the actual well strip the, of balsa that go over, or how does how does yeah it, yeah the strips does. the the formers have notches so you know like okay this you know. This one goes, yeah, right, about here or whatever. Quarter square, you know, uh, balsa length piece. You, yeah, you could put that, and that runs along the hole from the nose to the tail. Fine, but when I li- line up, you know, I don't know if you ever, you never built the balsa kit. But basically, you, I lay like wax paper down, right? On, yeah, on paper. It's on like a cork board with the plant on top, and then the wax paper so that the CA doesn't stick. And then you basically lay the parts there, and you pin them, and then you glue it. Right. So when I'm I can't pin them to the plants because they don't match up. The parts don't match up. So I'm just like, I guess I got to put this here, put this here, and just go for it. Yeah. You know? I mean, at the end of the day, if um, if I just take the time and if I had more space where I could do that and also do my helicopter stuff, I think I can figure out, like, even if I just glue together, I'll sheet the whole thing, like, you know, put, like, very thin balsa covering over the fuselage and then and then wrap it. Not wrap yeah. it, but cover it with the Monaco. I think it would be fine. Like it, you know, I can get this built and I can get it to fly. Right, and it's gonna look close enough to the. Yeah, like it'll have the the shape of it would be close enough that it'll be okay. Or what I can do is take the original plans and scratch build the parts that I need, which is a lot harder though. You know. Yeah. So I don't know. Oh, that's another thing. Uh tangent um i'll i'll work on that one day when i buy a house and have a hobby room or or a garage or a place where i could just if i didn't work on it for a week it's sitting in a spot where i'm not like i gotta move this thing so i could rebuild my heli because i'm flying this weekend you know yeah yeah no i hear you space yeah i'm a, in the same boat yeah space being at such a premium it's like i gotta choose you know my my battles i gotta like okay do i start this kit that's gonna take a month you know, or do I leave this space free and do some scratch building from flight tests or, you know, and helicopters and stuff. So it's funny. I, I say to the wife every now and then, 
when I was a bachelor and I was living by myself and the house was completely different, I had a small dude. I had the smallest kitchen ever. It was basically a sink and a 15-inch piece of counter. That was my kitchen and wow. you know, and the fridge and all that. Right, right. So I'll say to her as a joke, and she doesn't think it's funny anymore. I'll hold my hands about 15 inches apart, and I'll go, when I was a bachelor, the counter space that I had was this much. And mm-hmm. I got my hands you know, 15 inches apart. And then I say, now that I'm married, my counter space is this much. And I still got my hands 15 inches apart. It's just all relative to like, you know, if if you built a bigger area, you're going to fill it up with more stuff, you know? Right. But hence, I, I hear that's my saying. living room compared to my old apartment. <laughs> it was just as bad. If you did have a double car garage, you could, you could easily like leave something somewhere. Yeah, I could just kind of, okay, that project, let me just put it on the side for now. Let me continue this or build somewhere else in another room or an office room or something, you know? Yeah. All right, so this this other thing I put on here on our agenda was Dollar Tree foam board planes. Would you buy someone's scratch built or FT type of plane? Uh, no, I don't think I would. Okay. And the only reason I brought this up, well, there's two reasons I brought this up. First one, I saw someone on Facebook try to sell VersaWing with an EDF. Okay. And I was like, for 80 bucks. And I'm like, why would you sell like a Dollar Tree foam board plane? I just found that to be odd. I have seen that too. Like, I'm not sure if it was, I think it was Craigslist. Every now mm-hmm. and then on the flight test forums, you'll see, you know, is this guy kidding as the title of the thread? And it's, uh-huh. it's a guy trying to sell, yeah, like a racer for $300 or whatever, $150. Yeah. Second, Mike, the company I work for is, you know, it, it, it's basically an online, um, so it's, it's basically a way to sell crafts and vintage and handmade goods. I remember this was probably about a year, less than a year ago, maybe like eight months ago, I was just kind of doing some research on radio control. Like maybe I'll find, like I found an old vintage, you know, from 1970s radio control modeling how to how to fly a, a model airplane, right? Right. So, so it's like you know whatever ten bucks. I'm like cool, yeah, you know, like I'll add buy that and add it to my bookshelf because you know this is a hobby I like. And and then I saw a whole bunch of FT planes. Really. And he was selling them for I think plane only, no electronics or no? Did it have electronics? No, it didn't have electronics. Just plane only, and it was like. Built with color tape on it, all taped up, and I knew like you, you could tell like as soon as I was, I was like that's a duster, you know that like I knew all the planes just looking at them which yeah. kit they were, and it was like you know he was selling for like eighty bucks, wow, or like sixty bucks or something like that, and I'm just like but that's three dollars worth of foam and like maybe five dollars worth of tape, yeah, you know granted yes, um, you would have to build it and the time bills is worth something right but i i even went to my legal department not my legal department um we have a department called marketplace integrity or trust and safety like basically you know be sure that the problem on, on my company site is um you know it goes in line with being craft you know handcrafted handmade goods and stuff like that. right so you're gonna have a department that kind of Vet, vets that stuff right like make sure that like it's not determines like, whether it's genuine or not right 
So I just, you know, I went to one of them. So I'm just curious, but, you know, is this okay? Right. You know, because the, the I know that this guy didn't create the plans. Like, he didn't design it. He didn't come up with the idea or anything or, or you know, it's, it's not unique to him. He basically took someone else's plans, cut out foam, glued it together, and then sewed it. And they actually said it was okay. Like, that's, you know, with me, it's, it's okay to do that because the craftsmanship comes in the building part, not in the plans because, you know, like, the way they put it is like, you know, you can learn how to crochet from a book, but when you build, when you make that own, you know, that hat, you can sell it, right? Because, yeah. But I was just like, oh, that's kind of dirty. It just feels dirty to me because it's like, you know, Flight Test like makes these plans available for the community for free. And then for someone to profit off of it, I just feel like it's so dirty and wrong. Well, now let me put it another way to you. Like, there's been a few models that i've looked at that i really wanted to build but i had to pay for the plans mm-hmm. um would you pay for plans if yeah. you if you wanted to build something or would yeah. you or if you could research and get them for free would you get them for free <sighs> that's that's a hard one for me i i don't like to pay for things that certain things i feel like should be free um yeah exactly like i think i went to one of my uh torrent programs at the time and uh got a copy of it it was um it was an f-16 model that somebody had made something like okay. that i was really into the f-16 at one point and it was yeah, yeah it was like a problem slot um super f-16 or something that some guy had had, had plans for and had mm-hmm. this whole website but you couldn't even get the plans anymore it was like his website was defunct and so i remember trying to get the plans and I, I kind of felt bad the same as you you know like yeah you don't know how to feel when you come across stuff like that i don't know it's the intellectual property see this you i used to have a long debate about this this is a big tangent in, in mm-hmm. the music industry you know like uh, like i can remember having a long discussion with a guy about a band called uh man of war and i was not okay. a fan of this band at all okay uh there there's some big whatever band from europe that was big into like metal um it was their metal band Mm -hmm. but the the one guy from the band said you know that that downloading music is killing the industry it's like this is a couple years ago and i and i my point of view was like listen man if the freaking music isn't good enough to get the asses in the seats man or the people that show up at your shows like you're you're gonna have no chance anyways like i know a lot of bands that were just releasing the album out on 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 uh facebook or my time you know right right i I mean but it's funny because bands don't make money off of record sales no and they don't make make nearly the money they used to either or used to yeah they make more money touring right you know um their concert t-shirts like all the all that stuff sure yeah they make a lot of money off of that yeah that's where they i think for most Bands make most of their money these days. Well, your merchandising, yeah, merch, yeah, that's big, you know, and that's why, like, I, I, you know, I was a diehard Metallica fan, diehard, like in high school, you know, junior high, high school, like that was my band. That's the only music I listened to. And then Napster came around, and that whole Lars thing, and like, I fucking hate Lars. Like, he's a, I don't know, he's a fuck. 
He's such a sellout. Like I thought you were gonna say, and then Cliff Burton died. But well, I don't know uh, if you remember Cliff. Burton. I know I remember Cliff, <laughs> and I remember you know when Randy Rose died and all that stuff. But like, like I just you know for for me like no, I hear you. Yeah. You know, like make the music free, bring the people to your shows. Yeah. You know, don't don't take your music and be like. Oh well, you know it's not fair because this is my music that we produced to for people to be able to just give it out free to everyone else. I mean, we know, like everyone knows that no one, the bands don't make real money in um, in the record sales anyway. So who cares? Who they? Who are you fucking? The record label? I mean, yeah. I mean, this is one of the reasons why I was and still am a huge metal fan to begin with. It's like I would sit down and talk to. Uh, Jeez, I went to see uh, Nevermore one time. Yeah, I'm a huge Sanctuary fan. Nevermore, um, like Warl Dane and and uh-huh. Shepard, from years ago. I met those guys like a hundred years ago down down the shore, and I got a chance to sit and talk to Warl Dane one time for like thirty minutes. I got him myself, and we just nice. hung out at at the bar where the where they were playing. And uh, I said to him, I said, the reason I listen to your music is because I know damn well that you're not writing it to please corporations and he was yeah. like i know i'm tapped into a pure source of like this is we don't care whether you like it or not this is what this is my art this is my craft yeah and they're passionate about it and yeah i can understand yeah oh, i don't want it to be illegally downloaded but look at all the money i'm 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 missing out on but then again is that's what is that what is driving you to to produce it i mean or yeah. is, is it, that the reason right the driving it's force exa- ex- exactly the same as as flight tests like they're not trying to make a million dollars yeah they're trying to get as many people and as many families together and as many you know just everybody to have a good time make a memory and and have a good time flying their planes you know they're not in it for mm-hmm. the for the money yeah and that's why as you know, far as you can tell right now you know as as yeah i'm, I'm I mean, not saying it, it's gonna go that way just you can tell right now that they're they're in it because they they want to bring people together yeah I mean, they see the greater, the greater. Who knows purpose. what the future brings with with flight tests as far as a as a company, right? Right. I mean, right now, I mean, even with the, you know, them being what Lauren, whatever that company is, Lauren, uh, yeah, Lauren, yeah. Like, even with that in the picture, I still feel like it's a mom and pop shop. You yeah. know, like they're in it to for the laughs. They're in it for the fun. They're in it for the the RC community. You know. Yes, you go to your store now, and it's a lot of third-party parts, right? Like things like Grapner, you know, like all these things that you know that's not really um, their product, but it's but it's used in their product, and they promote it, I guess, and that's fine. Uh, but they would have never brought that in. I don't think they would have ever brought that in and made it so easily accessible. Like we always go back to that one kit for 170 bucks, the plane, the mm-hmm. charger, the battery, everything. Yeah. I don't think they would have done that. They would have made it more where they were nickel and dime in your, you know. Yeah. I mean. I mean, if they really want nickel and dime you, I mean, like, think about, like, when they give you control rods with a kit, right? You buy a kit, you right. get control rods, they will give you just the length you need. Because right. that extra right. bit they could sell, right? They could put that exactly. in another kit. You know, they could nickel and dime you, basically, but they don't. Um, they give you a power pod in every kit. You don't need that in every kit. You don't right. need firewall in every kit because you can reuse it from another plane. Right. But they give you one anyway. And then, and, and, and then at the end of the day, really, it's – I mean I've bought two kits and I've built like 100 FT planes, you know? 
right over my you know a couple of years or maybe not a hundred maybe i'm exaggerating but a lot of damn planes you know like constantly building crashing constantly building crashing like you know and do they have a problem with it are they say oh no you know i want a donation or i want five dollars a plan now or download of my plans or something and no right you know because they're, they're keeping true with it you know which is great man they didn't change we would have known right off the bat uh, when they announced that Chad was stepping down and Lauren was taking over. Mm-hmm. You know, that was what last year? I don't even know. Maybe more than that. We would have known. Than, it's more than a year, I think. You would have known right away. You would have known within the first six months that they were making changes to the company. But no, they, they've let these guys do exactly what they wanted to do. Yeah. Which is kind of unique on its own. That, right. I'm curious to see how Fly Fest 2016 is going to be, though. Because I heard they're, they're not, it's not like they're taking over, but they're. I think they're more funded. So I want to see where Flight Test, you know, takes this extra money, extra, you know, resources. and. Well, hopefully and, they put it into the showers. <laughs> no. The showers, no, the mud showers. You know, it's funny, dude. It, it was too funny that uh, I went up to that one shower and uh, they were like, oh, it's it's not working. It's clogged. And I went in there and, yeah, the the whole shower was full of water and it was just all the grass and stuff that was. Yeah. I just like used my foot and kind of plunged that out of there, and I was like, "All right, it's working." Yeah. I'm like, "If if you if you can't figure out how to do that, I mean, you're waiting online to shower in the middle of nowhere. You're kind of roughing it as it is. You better figure out, you know, mm-hmm. how to unclog that drain." Yeah, I don't know the show, man. We're just talking about so many different things. So, all right, back to the main topic here. Went on a pretty long tangent. <laughs> so, yeah, Dollar Tree phone board planes, I don't know. I, I feel like that's just wrong. I don't yeah. endorse it. Just like um, the Goblin 380 clone, the Devil 380. Yeah. I do not endorse that in any way. I think that's terrible. And, you know, I know we had one of our listeners say, oh, well, it's so much cheaper. You know, you can basically... Buy two kits for the price of one goblin kit and, and this and that, or even more. Um, but yeah, you're promoting that behavior, you know? And what's going to happen next? There's now clones of all the goblin kits and clones of clones of clones of clones. And then, then this next freaking aligned T Rex. I would think that there's less dangerous things you could probably clone <laughs> other than. Goblin helicopters? Or helicopters in general. Or helicopters in general, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of clones. Uh, well, that's going off topic for sure. But, the, you know, like you're saying, would you buy a, a pre-made Dollar Tree foam? I, you know what? I think I would, and I've done this, I would give away a pre-made Dollar Tree foam plane mm-hmm. for sure. The yeah. first time we all got together, me, you, and Jeff, he didn't have a, did he have a bloody wonder at the time? Or he had crashed it? I'm trying to remember. I don't I think just, he had it, but I think you let him fly it, and I or, and I was flying mine, and I think he was like, "Oh yeah, I need to build one of those or something." And you're like, "You being you, you're like, dude, I'll cut one out for you, and you know, bring it to you next time we meet up, like it's, yeah. you know." And you, you just did throw like, servos in it or whatnot, yeah. yeah. Or like, I have an extra one at home, you know, just you know, it has a servo, and I just put a motor in, I put a power pot in there, and the receiver and. Good to go, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I'd definitely do that, man. I was like, gonna make one for the other club I was in. The guy really liked my uh, Spitfire, and I said, oh, "I'll build you one, no problem, man." I wound up leaving the club before 
oh, I built you? one for him, but no, nah, you know, it's, he's probably you know, still waiting. Where's he's probably Kevin? still waiting. Where's Kevin with that plane? <laughs> um, now, now, Dollar Tree phone board plane. Like, I wouldn't sell the plane, but I would sell the electronics. Yeah. You know, like if someone wanted to buy one of my, you know, FT planes, I'd be like, okay, well, what electronics do I have in there? Cut the price in half, and then here we go. You know, like that I would do. Like the receiver, the servos, the motor, you know, battery packs. Like that costs money. You know. Yeah, but, and if I the- if if somebody said to me, hey, I'd lo- I'd love for you to build me a plane or whatever or a Spitfire, just let me know how much, you know, everything costs or whatnot. Yeah. Or you know, work something out. Yeah. Here's I'll the, give you some servos and right. some money towards the, yeah, the, the motor and the ESC. Yeah. I'd be like, here's the parts list that you need. Don't worry about the, the plane, the airframe itself, you know, cause I could, you could build that as a couple of bucks. Yeah. You know? So let's see here. So now expanding on the Dollar Tree foam board stuff, right? Okay. I think because I think flight test planes should be free, you know, I just, because the plans are free. But then there's comp- there's places like um, the Mesa Mesa, the Mesa yeah Mesa I, Foam Fighters. Yes, I remember checking out their website once, and um, their plans weren't free, or the kits. You could buy the kits, I think. I think you, it, I thought it was the same because I had built one of their planes. Am I thinking I don't of know another if, site then? I don't know if every plan was for free. Mm, maybe that's what it was. Because I, I remember seeing, I was like, oh, I wanted to build this, but I. I couldn't see. I couldn't get the plans, and all I saw was a kit only. Man, I'm gonna have to do some research now for that one jet, because that guy had a bunch of different prop and slots similar to the the foam fighters, and yeah, his plans you had to pay for every one. You had to pay for it. Yeah, maybe that's what you're thinking. I maybe came across the same page it, that I saw. Yeah, it could be. But I know that the Mesa guys. I mean, they sell they sell a lot of stuff through. Uh, uh, they are on flight test now too, right? They sell the, some of their stuff on flight test. I, I, to truth, you know, to be truthful, I, I haven't gone on their site like to shop in in a long time. I know they sell some stuff on Altitude Hobbies. They'll sell the kits. Yes, I do remember seeing it on Altitude Hobbies with the power pods and stuff like that, or the power, you know, package. You know, I mean, if you got a laser cutter and you're cutting the foam, obviously it takes time and money to run a laser cutter. Right. You know, that's fine because I think buying a kit is okay. Like buying a flight test kit, you know, just not buying something that someone scratch built when they got the plans for free. You know, yeah. like I just feel like that's just, I don't know, maybe that's just a, a gray line, you know. <laughs> you know, some people, like, yeah, but what does it matter, right? Like you're, you're paying that guy for the time to build it and not really for where he got the plans or what parts he used, but... I don't know. I just I feel like it's a little awkward. Maybe it's because I build these planes, right? So, and I don't pay myself to build these planes, so why should I pay anyone else? So I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it is a little. I don't know, man. It's a little. It's a little strange to have free plans. I know the guy's building them. Yeah. And, and would give you and but now he's turning around and, and he's not even. It's he's not even selling it to you for. He's like charging for his time to build it. I mean. Yeah. We're all pretty good builders. I don't think there's like this master, other than Peter, foam and tape builder that right. you know is deserving of, you know, whatever fifty bucks for his time to build a plane together. So, so being a flight test fan, 
if Josh would be like, if, if would you pay Josh fifteen dollars to build a plane? <laughs> Have one a plane that he built. Dude, I would walk up and give Josh fifty dollars just for being Josh. Um, <laughs> <Very> so <laughs> I don't know. I've offered to take him out to dinner and pay him back, and, yeah. and he's always told me no, never, never. I should we should we should just get together one day and just send the shop like pizzas or something or figure out. I'm gonna ask um, Jen next time I see her. Yeah. Uh, how to how to go about doing that, or if they guys even eat pizza, that'd be pretty cool. Now uh-huh. I probably spilled the beans. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if any of the uh, flight test family listen to our podcast, right? So we should be all right. Yeah. Um. I'm looking at the Mesa site now, and I do see a bunch of free stuff, and I do see a bunch of not free stuff. So I think depending on what you were looking at, right? Oh, it looks like they're all free. For plans only, right? No, I do see they're all. I see plans for everything here, so I don't know. Okay, so it's probably a different site than uh, probably a different site. Yeah, I was looking at some pretty cool stuff on here. Yeah, they make some really <laughs> cool design stuff, and it's definitely the, their their design is more unique. Like they do a lot of different techniques, very similar to flight test, but you know the the fuselage looks more like a, a rounded fuselage instead of. Um, like a box, you know, with their F-22. and stuff. Yeah, they're much more intricate. Right, that's the word I'm looking for. So let's say you buy a plane. You buy a used plane. I mean, is there anything we you should go over on the plane? You know, obviously check your control surfaces. If it came with, you know, electronics, obviously go through a little electronic test, run through, you know, make sure everything's good. But, I mean, is there much to go through? Like, you know, on a... Helicopter, you go through every bolt, just making sure it's tight or just, you know. Well, if you're there looking at it before you're buying it, uh, with the foam planes, at least, it's, it's, I know we kind of covered this. It's real easy to look at that foam and you could, you'll see a crinkle in it, mm-hmm. you know, if it's been banged up. But how about a servo now? Like, you know, I guess would you have them? I mean, it, you, can't, you can't be like, oh, I would, I would want them to fly it, but, you know. That, I think, is kind of maybe move the servo back and forth. You're going to be able to tell. You know, if you grab the push rod and move the servo back and forth, you're gonna be able to tell whether or not uh, a tooth is broken on there, or yeah, if it's tripped or it's a lot. We do that with the helicopters after we crash. Yeah, you should be careful doing that with someone else's plane, though. Yeah, a lot of people, um, a lot of the old timers, you know, it grew up with the mentality like that's the one of the worst things you could do to the servo is manually crank it back and forth. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, you know, with the Metal Gear stuff, it's all metal anyway, so it's not really that harmful to put that much torque on the servo horn. But, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I've heard people like, don't do that. You're, you're going to ruin, you're going to break the servo. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I do it on my helicopter all the time, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. But, Screw uh, you, old man. <laughs> Planker. <laughs> <laughs> Oh jeez! But check it's the gear out. Yeah. If it has landing gear, definitely check the landing gear out because that's the area that's going to take the biggest impact. Landing gear, you know, maybe spin the prop, the motor, just to see if it's if it's electric, you know, to see if that shaft is bent. Maybe you know. Yeah. I mean, truthfully, the- I would ask them to put a battery in, and, like, let's go through all the control surfaces, make sure like nothing is like wobbling, or if it has safe. You know, it's like a Sequoia where it's like, you know, the servo's just constantly bouncing back and forth because there's too much slop. You know, I think that guy that I bought that Sequoia from actually had a battery in it when I showed up. 
and did that for me. Showed me the whole nine yards. And uh That's cool. Yeah, I I remember him doing that. Nice. Which which was cool. Yeah, he had his DX nine out and that's when I was like drooling over the DX nine. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he, I remember him doing that now that I think back. So yeah, I mean or just, you know, if you're getting a good deal, just take it for hey man, if I gotta replace a servo or two. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the, all the servos, and they're all the same, they're all high-tech servos, most likely, you know, the, the thing's in good shape. But if you see, like, one odd brand <laughs> blue servo and a high-tech servo, then think you're going to think to yourself, you know what, I'm probably going to have to replace them all. Yeah, like, it's definitely failed, right? Something failed where he had to replace just that one servo for sure. Or he just threw them in there to make the sale. and you know, Oh, uh, true. Just be like, listen, dude. Looks like I gotta replace them all. I don't know what they're what shape they're in. Hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Didn't think of that. I think. I think we could wrap it up. Yeah, I think I think we're good on the planes. Buying used planes. I mean, I think for the most part, like a lot of the stuff we spoke about in episode twenty-five, buying a used heli um, does apply for this. You know, feedback. You know, make sure you, you you know you try to figure out if you could trust the seller or not, kind of deal. Right. If you and you know, most likely, I mean, helicopters can be shipped easier than planes. I think when you get into the larger stuff, so mm-hmm. you're you're going to be driving to the guy's house more or less. Right. You know I mean, so you're gonna so if you're going there, he's going to know. Hey, this guy knows where I live, and I don't. You know, I don't think he's going to really. I mean, un- unless you're buying it from a swap or something like that. I mean, he's not going to really like. Meet or, he's probably most likely going to be honest with you. Or Craigslist, meet me at Dunkin' Donuts yeah. on Route 46. Like, huh? <laughs> Have you had that happen? No, no. Oh. I'm just thinking, you know. Yeah. Horror stories of Craigslist. So, news. News? I have no news from yesterday. I have no news from yesterday. Or do I? No. No, I have no news from yesterday. I found it interesting, though, about... Uh, Goblin making their own batteries. That's kind of strange. But uh, I guess pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's a strange thing to make, right? I guess because, I mean, what else would they be able to make? Like, they, they're an airframe company, right? They're a helicopter airframe company. It's kind of weird that they're going into battery technology. Yeah. Maybe, they do, maybe they're just having higher standards for, you know, and they're rebranding stuff. Who knows? I, I really do enjoy my Goblin and uh, SAB helicopters, but I'm going to say it's probably rebranded stuff. Um, it's going to be, but I think it's it depends on the price. If it's like the same, if it's not too expensive, if it's very competitive pricing, that it might be worth to check out because, you know, SAB having their name on it is going to make sure quality control is done, you know, very, a very tight line of quality control. Like it has to meet these specs. Like, you know, so you yeah, might you, you might get great packs that have hundreds of flights in them. You know, compared to brand B, which is like, hey, let's just pump them out. If we have to replace, couple, you know, ten percent of them, we're still pumping them out so quickly. We're making so much overhead on this that it doesn't matter. That I know. just hope it's not going to turn out like Blockbuster selling drones. You know what I mean? Like Blockbuster Video, or I know they're not really around that much anymore. Well, but a store like that selling another like, store that has B and B. What's that? B and B. Best Buy. They sell Phantom drones. Best Buy. Yeah. Yeah, but they sell like everything. Yeah, but they, um, yeah. 
but I'm thinking more of a, a store that deals in particular is like like a, a computer store now all of a sudden selling DVDs, like a, a like a micro oh, center okay, type yeah. store now selling DVDs or now selling quads and stuff like that. I just hope it doesn't get into that kind of thing. They, where, they do sell quads at micro center. Well, you know what I mean though. Like that's <laughs> yeah, when no. a store starts to fail when they take on too much of this weird stuff. Yeah, like that they shouldn't be selling. Right, like when a store has a niche of like, okay, we sell electronics. Why are you selling, you know, farm fresh fruits? Like, like yeah, it's what? like Radio Shack selling apples or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you've walked into some of those stores. Like, why are there why are there quads here? It's uh, it's Seven Eleven, or you know, you know what I mean? Or it's Which it's it's, <laughs> it's strictly a, a video store. Why is there yeah. you know why are there RC cars here or RC helicopters here? Uh, it's, it's so funny because I, I live by Seven Eleven down the street. Like, there's one less than like down the street from my block. Right. And, and I go in there during Christmas time, and it's like drones, helicopters, drones, like the little you know kiosk type, um, like the Target yep. type types you find at Target or Kohl's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I really should I should buy one, but I don't know why. But like thirty dollars just seems like I should buy it. Jeez. I, <laughs> It's like I know I'm gonna fly for like 30 seconds, crash it, and can't get parts, so it goes in the garbage. I think I gave mine to my nephew. It's like, uh, did you? It's like fourteen dollars on Amazon. <laughs> nice. I gave it to him. All right, so news. I just feel like you know Letterman just taking the card and throwing it behind me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's next in the hobby? Same thing that's next in the hobby from yesterday, <laughs> from last week. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm telling future Kevin get back from vacation and get back to work. Like work, work, or your get back to my 200 percent version. Nice. I I'm just like, oh man, I'm just kicking myself in the face. Like I want my damn Canomod canopy. No oh, right. Uh, you Did know they the give la- you a time on that. They even give you no. Any- I mean, oh, they, someone gave me a time where I emailed them. Almost, yeah, like six days ago, almost a week ago. Hey, you know, is there any update on the canopy? And and the last email they sent was like, I think um, they're backed up on production. And you know what? I can bring up the email right here. They were like, we're backed up. Yeah, we're backed up. Thank you for the $100. <laughs> Got three of my best guys on it right now. Yeah. No, they said, oh, sorry for the late production. We'll send you a photo to check in next four days. This was on the 24th. Oh, that was <laughs> you know, seven, eight days ago. Is it that many? I can't even count. Yeah. I, I, you know, I was like, okay, let me give them over, you know, let me give them the four days, which should have been, I think, Friday. Give them the weekend, you know, it's a different country. They're like 12, 13 hours different. So, um, you know, but then it's like. It's why? Friday here. Is it Saturday there? <laughs> It's like, why haven't I heard anything now? Like, uh, you know, I gave him an extra two, three, four days. It's Saturday here. Is it February there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. That, no, if they said four days on the 24th, you're right. That should have been 28th. We were, we're, now we're on the 1st. Yeah. 28th, 29th the most, but then the 29th was the weekend. So I figured yeah, I'd give him. Jeez. I, yeah, I don't know what's you going on. You should email him back. Oh, what the hell's going on? Well, I emailed him back against it. So, is there any more updates? Got like any pictures? Yeah. So, you know, did your company just run with my? I mean, it's only ninety bucks, but 
I mean, I can understand if they're backed up in production, but damn, like. Well, this has got to be their busy year. You know, people are slamming stuff in the ground left and right, I'm sure. True. And guys are, you know, getting together and putting orders in. But still, if they were telling you, you know. Four days. Or if they were telling you eight days ago, you should have a picture four days ago. Right. You know, where is it? And and, uh, and and the picture they're sending me is the production picture. It's not it's like they're, you know, that's what they're doing right now. Or what I hope they're doing is actually building the, and painting it. Yeah. But I don't get, like, okay, four days. You know these canopies just come off a lot. Like, you know, Goblin 380 canopies. Like, unpainted, carbon fiber, boom, carbon fiber canopies. They just, you know come off a lot and then there's then it goes to the paint department where they custom paint it and just you know do all that stuff at that point before they clear coat it is when you get a picture you know remember when we did the group i with anthony and all the canopies that's when we started getting the pictures where you see your canopy with your name on it and the logo that you wanted you know yeah and then you know then they clear coat and pack it up and boom it gets shipped out i don't know like four days okay I gave him seven days, a whole week. That should be enough time if they said that someone's going to be working on this, that they'd be, you know, it would only take two days to paint maybe, you know, three days. So I don't know. I mean, and it's not like the design was anything crazy. I'm not asking for like a totally new redesign of something. It's basically the standard canopy that they produce for the kits. But with a different scheme and one or two little changes, so yeah. Oh man, I just hope we, I just hope it comes before our fun fly, man. Yeah. I don't even think it's gonna. I think I might have to just bite the bullet and buy another canopy set. No, dude, you'll get that before then. Right, maybe Do not. Think? I don't know. It'll let's close, let's just huh? say it's coming from like China or Taiwan or Thailand or somewhere in the in the east, right? The far and east. The Far East. Let's say they say next, this coming Monday, right? Because today is Wednesday. So, okay. Let's say Friday. They're like, we got this done. Here's the picture. Do you approve? We'll ship it out, you know, tomorrow. I don't know. I mean, international shipping is going to take what? At least 10 days to two weeks? Yeah, true. When's our fun fly? Today is the first. Our fun fly is the 25th. 25th. So we have basically three weeks and a couple days. Yeah, and that's you'll if be kind of close. And that doesn't give me any time to build the damn thing because I still got to put everything back together. Yeah. You know? I mean, granted, like the boom. Yeah, I mean, that, that would take a night. I could get the, the hardware on the boom and then put the boom in the, the frame. And, and then at that point, it's just the canopy snaps in, right? Like that's not... It's really the boom that's holding me back from doing anything. Like, I would fly the helicopter without a canopy if I had a damn boom. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a damn tail, you know, uh, tail boom, I would be able to fly this thing. Uh, anyways, I want to fly. I'm just going to fly. I wanna, I'm going to try to sim as much as possible. Two weeks, I have that family and friends event, which I'm going to demo. So, are you going to be back by then? What day is that going to be? 14th. That's a Tuesday? No, it's a it's a Saturday. This Saturday's fourth, eleventh, eighteenth, twenty fifth. That's what we got in June. Oh wait, maybe it's the eighteenth. If it's the eighteenth, yeah, I'll be back for that. Okay. Yeah. Or is it the eleventh? Oh jeez, you're killing me, man. I have no idea when this is. Dude, you're gonna upset a lot of friends and family <laughs> if you get it wrong. 
I will get it right because I can look up Mike's email right now. Because he just sent it out today, didn't he? Or yesterday? I don't know. Yesterday. It is June 12th. Oh, so that's Sunday. Oh, shit, that's Sunday. I yeah. don't know if I could go Sunday. So you're not going to be back, though, right? You're going to be still away? Uh, Probably be back that morning, but I don't know if I'll be making it to the field. Well, you fly back, what, Newark? Just stop on the way back. <laughs> just jump out on the way back? Yeah, I'm sure I would just find that to be acceptable. <laughs> yeah, after a week with me, wouldn't you? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Depends. Well, it depends on what movie they're playing. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's some of the movies I've seen where I've been like, yeah, if I was watching that on a plane, I would have got up and walked out. <laughs> uh, but yeah. All right. So. So, yeah, you'll be on vacation. Yeah. Are you going to bring anything down there to fly? I was thinking about it, but probably not. Next time I go out to Vegas, I, pro- I might I might think about it. Or bring an oxy in your suitcase or something? Bring an oxy in my suitcase, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Because Vegas, I know we're staying really close to where the one field is. And those uh-huh. guys are pretty cool. I think they're just AMA. You walk up. It's a The casino actually played, paid for the runway and all that stuff back in the day. <laughs> that is so cool. It's freaking awesome, yeah. And it's plus, right it's behind so... the University of Las Vegas, their, uh, their college. Okay. Yeah, I've been right there before. That. Yeah. Ah. Uh. That was where I saw that dude who scratch built like a sixteen foot like F eighteen, I think it was. He had giant freaking ducted fans in that two hundred amp speed controller and he blew it. He blew it up like he fried it. Uh he had made a couple of passes and then he lost it and all the guys were searching for it and everything. Oh. Oh, he man. lost the plane like it just He built two of them, yeah, and he lost the plane. And they were those guys are serious like scratch builders out there, man. Like this is kind of like on the dawn of flight test, uh-huh. so like, like maybe 2011 is when I was there, and 2012, talking to a bunch of guys, and yeah, they were. Uh, I didn't see any flight test planes, but that's where I saw that kid Ben. I remember I mentioned him once. The, the helicopter guy, right? The helicopter pilot, yeah, yeah, really nice kid, and um, yeah, saw some pretty cool stuff, man. I wish I knew his name. I would like to uh, look up a flight of his. Um, geez, somebody emailed me. With it, somebody knew who I was talking about and emailed me with it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, off the I'll, show. I'll, I'll look, yeah. Yeah, I'll take look. a look. Cool. All right. So you'll be on vacation. I'll be flying. So, haha. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do the wrap up then. All right, man. Remember what I said last week? That's what I'm saying this week. I didn't see anything new on Podbean <laughs> as far as USA. But I seriously, guys, though, thanks so much for listening. I know. Yes. You hear that a lot, and uh, but I, I, it really amazes me that people will actually take the time to download and comment and send us, you know, a quick shout out or hi or post on Facebook mm-hmm. um, or leave us a review on iTunes. I mean, it's just amazing because uh, we, we're doing it because we love the hobby, and obviously there's other guys out there and, that are uh, into it as much as we are and just want to support the hobby. So thanks, guys. Awesome, yeah. Thank you. Thanks to our listeners. I'm, you know, just... Oh, I thought you were thanking me. Well, thank you too, Kevin. <laughs> well, thank you, Steve. You know, I mean, without you, I don't think I would have a show, and you could probably do a show without me, so... <laughs> it would just be, yeah, an hour of me talking. How are you? <laughs> it was actually funny, because my, my coworker, who used to fly in high school, he's a, like he just joined my team, and he was like, 
yeah, you know, I used to fly airplanes in high school and stuff. And I was like, oh, really? That's cool. Because they had a model airplane club in high school, which is awesome. So I think it was mostly balsa type kits and nitros and stuff. So we kind of was talking about a little. And, uh, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, fly helicopters. And he's like, oh, really? Those are are crazy stuff. And I was like, yeah, they're expensive and this and that. And he's like, yeah, and I also do a podcast. He's like, oh, really? Let me subscribe. So he's like, oh, I listened to your first episode. So I was like thinking – Okay, so he went back and listened to the first episode, like episode number zero. And then he's right. like, but it was just weird, like, hearing you talk about the company and the movie. And I was like, oh, so you listened to the last episode. Like, the latest episode. The latest, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the one that we just, you know, two weeks ago now. And he was like, yeah, you know, so it's funny talking. And he's like, oh, I'm like an hour and a half into it or whatever. I totally lost my train of thought of where I was going with the story. He said, I hated it. No. Did, he, did he say that that other guy you're on the podcast with sounds oh. kind of Caucasian? You know, no. He said that, <laughs> dude, like the other guy's really, really funny. <laughs> That's where I was trying to go with it. Yes. Yeah. Oh. He, uh, he's like, yeah, he's very sarcastic and this and that. And I was like, yeah. I am not. That's Kevin. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. <laughs> I am. I am sarcastic. Yeah, a little at times. A little. So, um, Greg, if you're listening, here's your shout out. Greg, don't vote <laughs> for Hillary or Trump. <laughs> oh, or, no. or... You know, we haven't had a political rant from you in a while. I know, dude. It must mean I'm, I'm a happy guy. But I'm not really. <laughs> I just have nothing to say. Yeah, you're just like, you know, face palm. You know, palm to the face. It's like, what? Well, is... That's because I only peek out of my bunker every now and then. So. Oh, boy. You yeah, so I'm, I'm safe and content down here, and when the west rest of the world turns to shit, I'll be I'll be happy. You don't have a bunker, do you? Really? No, I don't have a bunker. Not that know. not that anybody knows about. Ah, so you're saying there is no bunker, but there might be a bunker. I'm just saying there is no bunker, but if the uh, you know if we get another Hurricane Sandy, I'll be Mister handing out the water. But zombie apocalypse, all you people are on your own. <laughs> Uh, if that ever happened, I know I have a couple of friends. I'd be like, be landing right to your house. Okay. Facebook total likes it is the same as last week because last week was yesterday. I didn't even check any any. I think I checked iTunes, but they're from yesterday. There was nothing new, except we have a new logo on our iTunes. Oh yeah, right. We have a new logo, and which I believe will be the. Uh, the new banner that we're going to get made, hopefully yes. in time for our Free For RC Helifest. So, um, and then also bring it to Flight Fest. Yeah. You know, I want, I want that up there too, so that'd be awesome. So people can find us. Yeah. Like the giant planes in the 700 Goblin, you're not going to be able to find us. <laughs> right? The 200% huge plane and, and you know, the probably the only, maybe one of the few only guys flying a 700 size heli or any big helis at all at Fly Fest. Yeah. Eh. You know, this is something I didn't even discuss with you, but I want to hear from our listeners about t-shirts. Would you be interested in buying t-shirts? We're, I'm planning on putting an order in. It's going to be a small batch order, so it's going to be pretty expensive. But if we can get a lot of traction on folks that might want a t-shirt, then I mean to buy a T-shirt. We're not we're not big enough to give them away yet. 
maybe we can up that batch order from a small batch to a medium batch, and then you know it might be a, an affordable T-shirt for folks to uh, you know bring to their club or their fun fly or you know to work or wherever. Wash the car with. Wash the car with. Yeah. Whatever. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't even think about that, dude. That's a good idea. So. If anybody's wants one, I mean, I know that one guy who said he he would take some T-shirts, and I sent them a bunch, but they weren't. They had nothing to do with our podcast. He just said he'd take T-shirts. So were like, okay. it new or clean? <laughs> I don't think they were either. <laughs> oh man, they were old and dirty. They're old and dirty, like you. Can. No, I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old. I'm kind of not. I'm not dirty. No, you're not dirty. <laughs> I guess um, easiest place would be is I'll start a thread. I'll start a post on Facebook on our. FreeFarc page there, and let's see if we get some traction. If you know, if we have twenty people, I think that would probably do it. Maybe twenty or thirty people. I think that'd do it. Where you know, each T-shirt might be twenty bucks or less. You know, and okay. I would even I would even take a loss at, on the shipping costs. Um, you know, I would just box them in a small flat rate box or something. You know, like one of the small ones in like four bucks or five bucks to ship. I mean, I don't even care. Like at that point. Yeah, dude, I'd split the cost of that, would you? Yeah, yeah, you know, but if if we can make the shirts um, affordable and spread the spread the word, the good word of free for RC podcast, <laughs> <laughs> and the good word, oh man, explicit, <laughs> you know, we'll see. So yeah, I'm just throwing it out there. We'll see what okay. happens. Um, cool, man. Also, if you're in the central New Jersey area, come join us on June 25th, Saturday, at 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. for our Freefall RC HeliFest 2016, presented by Tri-County RC Club of New Jersey. Spectators are free. You can come. Uh, we're going to have, you know, member pilots, non-members can come and fly. We are expecting to have a pilot's meet around 10 a.m. You do need a valid AMA to fly. And there is a landing fee. For registration and more info, please visit our club website at www.tcrcnj.com. We're located at 306 Old George Road, North Brunswick, 08902. If you have a... A helicopter? So, yeah, if you are if you have a helicopter or you're interested in watching some helicopters do some insane things, come join us. Or you just want to come out and say how much we suck. That too. I hate the podcast. But I, but I can't stop listening. <laughs> if you want to meet, you know, Kevin and myself, Steve, and Chris Reiber will be there, too. So you get to meet him, too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So definitely come out and join us. So drop us an iTunes review, and we'll read it on the next episode. Unless the next episode we record tomorrow and we don't see it. Uh, email us at free4rc at gmail.com. Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast. Come on, guys. Get your friends to like our page. Share it. Share it out. Steve wants to see 200. Want to see 200. I remember when you wanted to see 100, dude. Yeah. And I was so happy. And now, what did we do? Oh, we gave us stickers, right? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Maybe we'll do some some type of deal on 200. We'll see. Yeah. Let's, let's, come on, 18 more. It's not too much. If each one of you just asks... A quarter of a friend did like it. It would work.
No. So uh, let's see here. Don't forget to check our webpage, freeforestpodcast.com. You can always contact us through that webpage. We have a contact us page. Uh, Kevin and I um, both get those emails directly to our mobile devices, and we will respond to you when we're not pulling our hair out at work. Well put. <laughs> Flight test forums. Check us out there. Nick does a great job managing our forums. So great that I haven't been on the forums in about a month. <laughs> um, we're located on the off-the-field section, audio and video production, other than Flight Test Podcast. And you'll see us, Freefall RC Podcast, uh, sitting right next to the FT Community Cast, guys. Thanks for all listeners for listening. This has definitely been a little bit of an unusual episode. Plus, it's actually a lot shorter. Yeah. I had you know? fun. But I have fun. Yeah, I always have fun. I don't fake laugh. If I laugh, it's because I'm having fun. So. <laughs> I fake laugh all the time. Well, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of things to do fake. Oh. jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Okay. So. Now I feel dirty. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. Free our skies, and we'll see you next time. All right, see you. <laughs> Thank you, <everyone. laughs> dude. I think we should have more shows like that. We're just being new shooting shit, shitting around. <laughs> the people are like, just like, yeah, it is. It's what it is. Just that. Yeah. Oh man, we could have a show like. Uh, well, we kind of do that over the first one, like who we are and stuff like that.